Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Our friend, the former Cardinal left-hander and uh, analyst for both Fox Sports Midwest and the Cardinal Radio Network, Rick Horton, is with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, Randy Michelle. Good to chat with you. Rick, good to chat with you, too. I just need a confidence check from you as you've been watching baseball fight publicly throughout the past few months. How confident are you that we're going to have a baseball season? Uh, you know, Michelle, I, I bet I've said 12 times I think we're close to an agreement and close to start playing baseball. And, you know, I guess I haven't wavered in that. I mean, I, I think obviously there have been a lot of uh, a lot of things that have come into play to make it uh, – a little slower than we all want, but I, st- I still, I'm still hopeful. I'm still very hopeful. Uh, of course, you know, you got to, you have to deal with all the, uh, the outbreaks now of, uh, of, of the virus in different places. But, uh, but I, I believe that both, both sides, both the, the, the owners and the players have kind of uh, inch closer together. And I think I, I really do suspect we're going to hear something in the next couple of days. You are, and, and always have been a rational guy, put yourself back in your player's shoes and tell us from a, a, an athlete's perspective about your concern that a bunch of people have tested positive for COVID and, and uh, an athlete's fears of dealing with it. Well, I think, I think there's the fears uh, and, and, uh, of really what, what you could do to other people. I think you think about uh, the athletes, are most of them young enough to have small children, and, and they have grandparents who want to see those small kids, and they're, and they're doing a lot of traveling, and so they're around all kinds of people all the time. And so I think the fear is not so much about their own health. I mean, that's how I would, I would feel. Uh, but it's more about kind of where you might spread that to your family. And so I think that's a very real issue here. And, and, and the question is, you know, would you allow yourself to be sequestered or, or quarantined or whatever the word we want to use for a period of time and just be careful about who you see it. And I, and I, I do think that's, kind of where they're leading right now. And, of course, a lot of these guys have played winter ball and they've been kind of, uh, you know, stuck in a place by themselves uh, in the past. And that's not really uh, very unusual. A lot of baseball players obviously are, are kind of um, uh, not afraid of being alone anyway. So I think that fits in positively with this. But but I do think the fear is less about their health and, and as much as it is their families. Rick, when you say that players are used to being alone, that's encouraging for me because one of the things I keep thinking about is opposed to the NBA and NHL where it's kind of a bubble scenario, baseball players aren't going to necessarily have that. And, you know, I I just look at how America has been dealing with this, where the fear of this virus is not as big as it used to be a couple months ago. And I wonder if players have the discipline to follow all of these rules that they're going to have to all the time if and when they play. Well, you know, it will be a control issue for sure about how, how do you how do you make them? What do you suggest? What's a rule? And, and you know, I, I will say that the alone part of it is, you know, I think it's born out of the travel of the game and the fact that you're, you know, trying to 30, 40,000 people every day. And so you kind of get your fill of kind of the, the crowd part and the social part. And then they just kind of scatter and hide. I mean, that's kind of how they are because they are so disciplined in how they take care of their body and, and, and their mind. And, and, and so I do think... That, that, that their physical training that they're that they're used to doing uh, is kind of very kind of self-oriented and and I don't I think that's going to play well in this but you know that's not everybody I mean it, we're you know we're all social animals here and and how do you keep uh, guys from from heading out well you know social media has kept guys from going out at night anyway so the point is uh, will they find uh, enough uh, social connection to feel uh, kind of normal that's uh, yet to be seen. 
Rick Horton is with us on 101 ESPN. As a former player, and you were involved with the Players Association, how have you felt about watching all of this unfold publicly? Well, one thing I remember about this from back in the day is everything I would read in the paper would be about seven days late. I mean, honestly. And now that's now that's a long time ago. And and the information that we get is much quicker. And I've been following things on Twitter like everybody else has and following people that seem to be in the know. And, and yet I can tell you that from, from being in on the meetings, I would read something and I'd say, nope, that's not really true anymore. I mean, it was a week ago. So, so there's that. There's a little lag issue at play here because you've got – to communicate to all your constituents. The other thing I would say is, having been in those meetings, that the, the issues were less important than in our meetings than the day that was critical to make the decision. I mean, we were we spent more time talking about what day we needed to make a deal than what the deal actually was, because the sense would be when when would the owners be at their most vulnerable and and be more in a hurry to make a deal, and 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 when would it be most beneficial for us to make a deal? And and I think that's part of how deals are made. And I think part of the lag here for for baseball is the fact that there hasn't been the pressure to have to do it because they're not ready anyway, and they weren't ready anyway. So it's like you you're not going to be in a hurry to make a bad deal. Rick, when we do think about baseball starting up, we know it's going to be a sprint, not a marathon. And Randy and I talked about this on Friday. It seems like the Cardinals, with their pitching depth, are going to be set up really well for a season constructed like this. I I think it does bode well for the Cardinals because of their depth. Yes, absolutely. But one of the things I was thinking about, guys, is is there's going to be a team that you think, are you kidding me? They're they're, they're going to be in the playoffs they're going to, because in, in in sixty games or sixty five games or whatever the games end up being, you know you could have a hot Seattle Mariner team, you could have a hot uh, San Diego Padre team, or uh, you know I mean it could it is going to be interesting to see you know what team just happens to get off to a good start because that good start could translate into as you say it's a sprint you know you, you sprint for a while people behind you start to give up when they realize that the, that the race is almost over if it's a marathon you keep going and the best team wins so so i i think you'll find team i do suspect that there'll be teams in the playoffs that we do not did not expect to be there and there will be teams that we thought would be there that won't rick we've got a couple of cardinal historical questions for you i want to give you mine first 36 years ago tomorrow was the sandberg game at wrigley field mm. What is what was your perspective? What are your strongest memories of the Sandberg game? Well, I mean, there were, I have all kinds of memories of that game. I remember Bruce Suter's, uh, you know, giving up a couple of home runs very uncharacteristically to Sandberg, and then and it was known as the Sandberg game. But I sure do remember the joy of watching Willie McGee play that day. I mean, we were just in awe. Willie hit for the cycle. Uh, Willie was really the star of the game, and uh, you know, it, it was electric. I mean, every game at Wrigley Field was electric, and. Uh, you know, I, I think back at, at those times and, you know, of course, they, they were the, the team we loved to beat. But but you could not say anything negative about that atmosphere at Wrigley Field. It was terrific. It is pretty amazing that a guy can hit for a cycle and the game is named after somebody else. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, well, I, I, know, I, I know everything about that day. Trust me, it is it's etched in my memory. Well, Rick, we're going to do a segment later on Bob Gibson. Tim Kirkjian did a great piece on him and just what a ferocious mm-hmm. competitor he was. Can you describe, I mean, is he is he the most ferocious competitor you've ever seen? And can you describe what Bob Gibson is like in that manner? Well, he's still ferocious, Michelle. <laughs> I interviewed him at a baseball writer's dinner about, I'm going to say two years ago, maybe three, two or three years ago. 
And and I asked, I told him on the stage, I said something about, you know, Bob, you know, I, well, the first question I asked him was, you know, you were known to you know, hit a lot of people. And he said, no, 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 wait a minute. I didn't hit anybody. A lot of people hit themselves. Which I think <laughs> it's kind of a funny comment. And I said, you know, Bob, I'm, I'm still a little afraid of you uh, after all these years. And he said, well, that's your problem. That's what, so the, this is where the interview is going. And, and he said, no, let me say something about that. He said, I, I was not out to necessarily uh, induce a fear in other people, but if you were afraid of me, I would use it, which I think is a, a little indication of, of a competitor that's, that's wise enough to see what his edge is and use it. I, I don't think he set out to be mean and grouchy and all that. I just think when people would respond uh, and he would get an edge, he would use it and, and just double down. And, uh, you know, certainly his ability to pitch after breaking his leg, uh, you know, during the middle of the season, for goodness sakes. I mean, it, so there's the physical healing and stamina and endurance, the fact that he averaged nine innings per game in in his 12 World Series starts. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I'm sorry, nine World Series starts. I mean, he, he threw 81 innings uh, in nine games in the World Series. That's just unheard of. Rick Horton, it's great to hear your voice. I can't wait to hear you doing some baseball games in the very near, near future. Thanks for your time this morning. Great to be with you guys. Enjoy your day. You too. That is Rick Horton.